be Adam and Eve were deceived. But you consider what they were deceived in, mm. right? That they wanted to be like God, that there was a spiritual battle, that Adam and Eve wanted to be more spiritual, mm. and they strayed from the simplicity that God had placed them inside the garden. Uh-huh. So Satan will bring anything and everything to Oscar's point to try to trip us up, right? Scripture refers to him as uh, the prince of the power of the air in John 12. He's an accuser in Revelation 12.10, a tempter in Matthew 4.3 and 1 Thessalonians 3.5, a deceiver in Genesis chapter 3. And his very name means adversary or one who opposes. Another of his titles is the devil, which means slanderer, that he doesn't necessarily show up at your house with a box full of drugs to try to tempt you this way. He's been studying man for six, 7,000 years, yeah. and he's able to know what is going to trip you up. Yeah. So he may not show up with a briefcase full of uh, drugs your way, but it might be just, hey, let me kind of trip up a little bit here or there. Let me take a second glance at that. Let me put my guard down and watch this or laugh at that joke. And everything becomes a slippery slope. Da-dum, da-dum. Oh, it's Mission Mission Impossible. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Ray, seriously, why, and pardon the pun, friends, do I get tickled pink just when I think of the Pink Panther? Well, that's, I I didn't want to make reference, but one of the other podcasts, I said that uh, uh, humor isn't fun when you choke to death and you can't breathe and your stomach's feeling as though it's going to burst. It was a Pink Panther portion, which I haven't watched the whole Pink Panther because they go apparently filthy, but there was one portion where I think he sat on some glue or something. It just, and it's so identified with it because me and Superglue are absolute enemies. Oh, yeah. You know, I get them on my fingers and I touch something, I can't pull it off the bench. And I've done that sort of thing and I was just about dying. But yeah, it's very, very funny. Peter Sellers was wonderful. I have a stepdad that superglued his eye shut. Did Stop not. It. He really did. We, uh, I was into like making things, and it, the glue, the super glue, was stuck, and so he went to go cut it off, and it squirted into his oh, eye. No. He cussed me out, went to the emergency room, and they told him we can't do anything about it. It just has to like your your the oils in your skin will naturally reduce its potency, and so he just had to wait. You're kidding me. Both eyes or just one? Just eye? one eye. Oh, he was so man. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm terrified. That reminds me. Um, I've been telling everybody about the benefits of eating uh, dried grapes. Really, Mark? Raisins? Yeah. Benefits? Well, yeah. Raisins? You're trying to raise, raise an awareness. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. See, that's when a joke is good is when you pull jokes. somebody in. Yeah, that's yeah when, when you're not expecting one. it. Yeah, it was I was like, what in the raisins? Really? Well, I don't while like we're talking about it, did you know French fries were not created in not France? No. 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 It's They're made in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, easy. Oh, we're going to change the name of the podcast. Oh, seriously. Dead jokes. Yeah. No, uh, dead jokes. Dead. Oh, that's how you guys say dad anyway in New yes. Zealand dish. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Mocha. Dead. Yeah, but but the Pink Panther, seriously, um, it, that's some of the funniest stuff. Uh, remember, what is it? You always talk about that one. 
Oh, does your dog? Does your dog? Does your dog bite? Does yeah. your dog bite? And, and that's that's in combination with "Can I use your phone?" Yeah, your phone. He's trying to speak, trying to speak to a Frenchman or something. It's just crazy. Again, I haven't seen a lot of Pink Panther. I've seen some here and there, but my favorite parts was remember his sidekick Cato? Yes, they just attack each other, and he would he would dress up like a waitress at like a restaurant or something, and then he would just jump on him and start attacking. Oh, him. Is this Cato uh, Kalen? Yeah, and it was always at the worst times. Mm. And you'd, you'd hear him screaming, not now, you idiot! <laughs> was this a cartoon? <laughs> no, uh, yes. Well, there yes. was a cartoon, but there was the original. Um, Have you heard of Peter Sellers? No. English actor who was very dry. He was part of the Goons, which are really funny from years ago. And uh, he actually suffered from terrible depression, mm. uh, to believe it or not, like many comedians. But he was very, very funny. And no. they got unclean, which really annoys me. And he yeah. was the Pink Panther? Yeah, yeah, That's he was Inspector it. Clouseau, who was a really dumb detective. I thought Steve Martin was <laughs> Pink Panther. Yeah. Was that he a remake? Have, well, yes, I think they the had movie? different ones, kind of okay. like uh, James Bond. They would change the character. There's know. different characters for James Bond? Mm. Yeah, you didn't yeah, know that. Good work, Bob. Yeah. But, man, you know what I caught the other day, Ray? Remember uh, Get Smart? Yes, that's not funny. I tried watching one. I didn't find oh, it funny. The, uh, only one part where he said, follow that car and the guy ran off oh guy left without him the taxi left without him no didn't i send you the didn't i send you that video of the phone thing like he kept using his tie oh yeah that was funny things. but yeah i've tried watching some of the things from the 60s and they didn't make me laugh because we've got far more selective in our humor as time as, as, as we've evolved yeah. evolved 99 hand me my shoe phone yeah and shoe phones aren't funny anymore because they're almost real <laughs> right yeah but boy guys has has TV so changed, yeah. you know, when you think about the things that were on TV? I mean, like, my daughter Kylie's been watching a lot of I Love Lucy lately. Oh, man, I loved that show as a kid. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, but the fact that little kids can enjoy it and yeah. adults enjoy it, and there's nothing filthy, there's no blasphemy, there's no right. bad language, there's no sex scenes, there's no... And then, truly, Lucille Ball was my first comedian, like I, comedy was Lucille Ball really? as a kid because we didn't we didn't have cable, so all we had is like the local channels, and it was on Channel Thirteen here in Southern California, and I love was it black and white? I love Lucy, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did we talk about Lucy and and Reagan? I can't remember. Yeah, we, well, on we the did, podcast we did together. I don't know if it was on. Oh, the I don't podcast. think it was on there, but yeah, I don't know if you guys know, but Kirk, when he was back in his heyday, I Kirk mean, Cameron, Kirk Cameron, our friend Kirk, he was literally one of the top celebrities in the world. I mean, Growing Pains back then they were getting thirty, forty million people a week which is unheard of today because you have so much mm. so many channels and other things but he was like the heartthrob of our day and so there was an event where it was him ronald reagan uh webster phyllis, <laughs> phyllis webster? diller and, phyllis diller right Wait, and the guy that created the dictionary was there you, you didn't know that <laughs> and <laughs> lucille ball right what? so barbara kirk's mom she was telling us a story she said she went to the to the trailer to Kirk's trailer as he was getting ready for the event. I mean, President Reagan was there. This was during the Reagan era, right? So she goes in, she's like, Kirk, Lucille Ball's outside. She wants to meet you. She's outside your trailer. He goes, oh, can you tell her I I can't right now? I'm busy. She goes, Kirk, it's Lucille Ball. And Kirk really didn't understand the the legend who was Lucille Ball. Iconic. Yeah. Remember the whole vitamin to vegemin bit? Yes, that's uh, I still, when I give medicine to my kids, I'm like, vitamin to vegemin. <laughs> Vitamins, <laughs> minerals, and vegetables. She was really, she was a comedic genius, right? 100%. I mean, well, it's, it's not that many women are funny. I'm not being sort of sexist or anything, but she really had it. She was very clever. Yeah. It was physical comedy yeah. with wit. Yeah. And that was very unusual. Yeah. It's like uh, the women's WNBA, right? Not many people 
watch them. Listen, I think I Love Lucy was, uh, I, I mean, think how far we've come. Yeah. Because in I Love Lucy, they slept in separate beds. Uh-huh. Desi Arnaz was in a bed over here. There'd be like a nightstand in between, yeah. and you would have uh, Lucy. That's not the way it is today, is it? Uh, I mean, so we are able to go back and yeah. see something. The reason why they did that is there was a, a Catholic, they had a consultant that was Catholic that demanded they slept in separate beds. Wow. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to the point of, of the innocence and, and just the purity of, of some of these things, and they were enjoyable, you know? I, uh, they, yeah. I, I enjoyed them. Andy Griffith. We still watch Andy Griffith. Good stuff. Yeah. Little House on the Prairie, you know? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, talk, talk to Ralph about. on the phone. Dear yeah, right. But Ray Comfort, friends, has something to share with us regarding the Titanic. Uh, that I think. Wow. <laughs> Did you I don't know where that came. I, from. I hope this goes down well. Oh, I learned something about Titanic last night. I was watching TV, and it blew me away. Another ship, the California, which is the one that was closest, sent a, a message via Marconi radio to the Titanic, and it said "iceberg." Yeah. Mm. Regards. Very polite message, and the guy wrote back, "Shut up." No, it's for real. Tr- absolutely, Seriously? and I used I used it in witnessing this morning. I asked, I told the guy that oh, story, and then I said to him, "There's an iceberg that you're heading for. And it's going to take you under. It's cold and hard, Whoa. and it's the justice of God." Oosh. And uh, when he didn't receive the gospel, the sobriety, I said, "You're saying to me, shut up." That's and so I'm trying weird. to I'm trying to warn you. Well, I said, really "It could be over 12." Hundred lives saved. That guy hadn't said "shut up" because wow. he just. This is the Titanic. It couldn't sink. That's well, remember all there was the to captain? It. What he said? Even God couldn't sink this yes, ship. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a guy going on. That was, they were going on to it. Wasn't the it? Captain. Wasn't the captain? No, it wasn't the captain. But it was a, a remark that someone made that got hold of because it really couldn't sink because of the four ballasts that it Chambers. had. Yeah, and uh, that's all there was to it. And it was filled with rich people. It was really. Typology of vanity fear, the superficial world where everyone was rich and no one thought about God, and yeah. suddenly they did. Wow. I also think that movie was a, was an exa- a typology of where we at. You're talking about films, comedy. Even that movie was so celebrated; everyone absolutely loved it. And at the core of it was like a woman who cheated on one man spontaneously with another, and it was considered one of the greatest love stories ever. But it's yeah. infidelity. Yeah, it's horrible. The yeah. whole thing is surrounded by infidelity, but she followed her heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's a, a a sign of the way we display romance and beauty. There's no loyalty. There's no subtlety. No. It's infidelity. Well, you know, the world has to normalize sin in order to appease their conscience, right? Make it fine, and everybody does it. I mean, even you think about people living together. That was unheard of. Even if you go back to maybe even the the '60s, right? People would lie and say their husband and wife or whatever, but it was just not. It, now it's like people don't even blush. I've had people, when I was pastoring, come and want marital premarital counseling to do their wedding. And in the course of the conversation, you pick up on, is there like our house and you know where we live? And it's like, wait a minute, you guys living together? Uh, and what? then they look at you like, uh, yeah? Like, yeah. it's not even... I've been married 11 years, still don't live together. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, we call it living together, but it's fornicating. Yeah, right. Living together. It sounds so sort of not yeah. quite living together. Well, you're not dying together. We're just having an affair. <laughs> oh, we're dying together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, friends, we have a comment. This is from Y.O. Joel. 
W-I-O-J-U-L, my daily pick-me-up. I look forward to listening to these four men. My spirit is lifted by their spiritual insights and humor. You will find me laughing and with a big smile on my face, and that is so needed in these days. Wow. That's so nice. Thanks, man. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And this podcast is brought to you by Light of the World Pen. And can we, can we can never thank anyone personally, can we? So it's just some name. What's yeah, it called? Yeah, I know. I wish there was a full name. It's just Yojul. Yeah, well, thank they know you. Who they are. Well, We're sorry for butchering your name. We are super thankful yes, for you listening. Forgive us. And yeah. for those of you who are listening who have not yet left a comment, man, those that's one way that you it's it's almost conversational. You hear from us. We love to hear from yeah, you. Amen. And if I can make a suggestion, one way you can bless us is go down, pick your favorite episode, and share it on social media. Yeah, blast we are it away. Always encourage. I mean, to seriously, see if grow. if you have been blessed, think of the others who would be blessed if you did share this. A lot of you have done it. That's why this is one of the top podcasts in the world. Thank and you, it's yes. a blessing after all the reviews we've gotten. We're, we're still at five stars. So that's really Crazy. encouraging. So thank you, guys. All right. As I was saying before, I was very rudely interrupted. The Light of the World pen. I'm holding one right now, guys. Ray, did you did you come up with this? Yeah, like I said earlier on, when it came to another pen, the scroll pen, these pen companies send us stuff. Yeah. And I just immediately spiritualize it. As soon as they click this and it. You can read it. That's the light of the world. So grab the scripture, got it done, and it's been wonderful. That's what's so cool is this, you, you press a button and it lights up. I am the light of the world, John It works A12. better in the dark, easy. <laughs> but still, even in the light, it's really bright. Watch, close it, your eyes. Need it works God. better. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> but I mean, what a great gift to give to someone. Really. And needgod.com. And even using it yourself, people see it. Oh, what's that? You know, they see the website, they go and they hear the gospel. Hmm. So check it out along with the Living Waters Study Bible. No, Evidence Study Bible. There's no evidence. The Evidence Study Bible. Friends, we always promote this because we do believe it's one of our most effective tools. So check it out at livingwaters.com. All right, guys, today we are talking about, listen closely, Ishitan. That's Satan in Arabic. Really? Yeah, Shitan. Why like do they a say bad it wrong? Word. Oh, I didn't even think. Why do they no. say? Why it do they say it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right, Satan, Shitan. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah, you've <laughs> never heard of that. Amen. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, boy. <laughs> Boy, this is a this is a fitting. Easy, I've just got to say, you anchor this program so wonderfully. We do nothing but pick on you. Right? Look and at you, my humility and my yeah, meekness. Just shut up. You've, <laughs> you've got to keep your you've got to keep your thoughts together because you have to pick it up if it goes silent. And I really just I'm just so grateful for that. I yeah. do think we I will make, have many rewards in heaven. Mm-hmm. I think we should make T-shirts, each of them with our faces, and yours easy would be your face, and then like a talking bubble that would say, "Yeah, I'm boy." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, boy. Um, uh, but yeah, guys, Satan, boy. Um, I, I there can't it is. stop saying boy, boy, yeah. boy. Oh, maybe it's from my rap days. Remember? Yeah, no. boy. Oh, you guys, please. remember Flavor Flav? Please stay with me. Yeah, you. boy. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> just say it and get over with. Satan. This is a topic that I never tire of talking about because it's a topic that I need to be reminded. Of more, yeah, because I do forget that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You got to know your enemy. That's part of a, any strategy. Know your enemy, the tactics of the enemy. Yeah, and that's that's what I want us to to get into today, guys. I want us to really. We've done an episode on Satan before and demons, but but I really kind of want to focus in and more sort of talk about how do we 
be all the wiser when it comes to our biggest enemy, who is real, who's alive, and I think whose biggest tactic is to get us to forget that mm. and to apply everything to the physical and get lost in the fact that there's a bigger scheme at play. And so, yeah, so I, I want us to, to get into that. Ray. Before you were a Christian, did you believe in the devil? I did, but I didn't concretely, right? So obviously growing up Catholic, you know, I knew there's a, there's a God, there's a devil. But my, my perspective was almost like, you know, you see in the kind of cartoons where it's like the two angels on your shoulders type of thing, you know? I think in my mind, I fathom, well, that's like God and that's Satan and they're, they're fighting over you or whatever. So yeah, it's almost like they were equals and I just got to yield to God instead of Satan. I don't know. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. When I was in high school, my friends and I, we loved to sit around the radio and listen to Bob Larson. You guys remember oh, Bob Larson? How could so we you did it Bob mockingly? Mock- oh, we loved it. Yeah, mockingly. We would sit around, and he came on the AM radio right when we, were, uh, when we got home from uh, high school. Now, football practice is over. We put on Bob Larson, and Seriously? we would just kind of trip out. I, so I don't know if it was fully mocking. I think we didn't know what was really kind of going on. But he was on for two hours, and we would catch a, a part of it and kind of wig out. Do you remember yeah. when that demon manifest when, when he was on air and he had to put him on hold? The demon oh, on he, hold. What? He, what? he put the demon on hold while they went to a commercial break. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, now, demon, don't you go away. I went to break. <laughs> and he goes like, demon, demon, you're still there. <laughs> it was a caller that called in, and it was... The guy's, know, demon's all, oh, yes, hold. <laughs> okay, but hurry up, please, Bob. I got you know? a lunch break. I uh, but, but yeah, you know... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> we know that the diabolical nature of Satan is beyond anything we can even imagine. So that word diabolical is well chosen. Yeah. Diablo. Is Diablo. That for, yeah. Demonic. That was yeah, the Satan. mascot of my high school. Really? Really? We You're the, the Diablos? Mission Viejo Diablos. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mission Viejo. Yeah. But, but guys, look, one of the tactics, I think, of Satan is to get people to not really take him seriously and kind of use the world's maybe caricature, Hmm. I guess, uh, of him and, and, you know, the whole pitchfork and the red tights and the horns and whatnot. But do you guys think that there's... Red tights? Red tights? I didn't know there was red tights. I just thought it was red. (laughs) It looks like a jump, like one of those uh, jumpsuit things. 
That's what I thought. I thought it was just the coloring of the, the caricature. Red no, tights. No, he's got tights on, I oh, think. He's not naked. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Satan's not naked and all those things. Oh, I'm sorry. This uh, I'm sorry I mentioned it. Yeah, no problem. But do you guys think another one of his tactics is in keeping with 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen? and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light? In other words, things that Satan is associated with are made to seem good. Right. Yeah, I think anything that God has done, Satan has attempted to imitate, right? Mm. And we see that all throughout the book of Revelation, that God raises people from the dead. We see in the book of Revelation that there's going to be power to be able to raise uh, from the dead. There, just time and time again, I, I think that it's always been Satan's desire to be like God. So since he can't be like God, he's going to imitate things yeah. that uh, God does. He is called the God of this world, and he blinds the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And you can see that blindness when you, every day when I witness to people, take them through the commandments, get to the gospel, and there's sometimes just total blank look or a distraction. And and it's just, just, you know, it's a demonic activity that's going on. You actually did a video that that kind of touched on that. It showed all these different people. As soon as you get to the gospel, they go, oh. Oh, you know, I've got to check my phone. Someone wants me over here, and I say, I need your attention. That's happened to me so many yeah. times. Right when you get to the gospel, just things start getting stirred up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, we talked about the, the imagery of the red devil with the horns and the pitchfork. No tights. And the irony behind <laughs> that is that that is a, a, an interpretation of the devil that, that started between the 15th and 18th century, if I remember correctly, and it's unbiblical. As a matter of fact, as you read the scriptures and as they talk about the influence of Satan, what you get is not, the imagery that you get is not, hey, out there in the world is going to be something scary and that's the devil. Mm. What you get is, hey, out there in the world, there's going to be something that satiates you, Mm. that's going to lure you in with the promise of protection with the promise of, of glory, you used a phrase earlier that I loved. What was it? Gold, girls, and glory, right? <laughs> the devil is in the desires that pull you away from the glory of God. And I think for us living in a time where so much of America is divided and disagrees with one thing or another, whether it's politics or theology or what to eat, what car to drive, whatever the case is, I think Often for Christians, he influ- he gets us to hate something so much that we fall into the temptation of another thing. Mm. He gets you know he gets us to look out in the world and think, man, there are so many people that are compromising on truth. There are so many people who don't honor God with their righteousness. We are more tempted towards legalism. There are others who think like, oh, well, the, you know, the grace of God allows for freedom to be in Christ. They are so tempted by antinomianism. Uh, C.S. Which Lewis is says lawlessness. It, lawlessness. C.S. Lewis says it like this, and I know I've quoted this before, but here it is. He that is the devil always sends the errors into the world in pairs, hmm. pairs of opposites. He relies on your extra dislike of one to draw you gradually into the opposite one 
but do not let us be fooled. We have to keep our eyes on the goal and to go straight through between both errors. We have no other concern than that with either of them. And that gives you the illusion of what Jesus said, which is this road to follow him, which the early Christians called the way, it is narrow. Mm. And we are so often tempted to be afraid of the left that we fall into the right or afraid of the right that we fall to the left. Yeah. Boy, mentioning C.S. Lewis brought to mind the screw tape letters. Oh, That's what I so thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that one of the most clever? Could you explain what it is? Yeah, so the screw tape letter basically is uh, a demon, and I believe his uncle, mm. who is advising him on how to tempt people, right? He's basically being a mentor to him. If I recall, it's yeah. been a while since I read it. And... Oh, it's so clever. Why is it called screw tape? Letter? Because a demon is called screw tape. And okay. it's letters to his nephew. Yeah. yeah. And so he's basically talking to him about humans and their, their weaknesses and their foolishness. And here's how you get them. And here's, here's you know, what you do. And so insightful. Oh, it's so you know, good. It's a short read. If yeah. you're not a big reader, you can, there's audio book on it. It's, I highly recommend it. It's a yeah, great book. It's really good. He, I mean, C.S. Lewis just seemed to have this keen insight into, into those things, you know. Yeah. It's like good. a John Bunyan. Yeah. So, so guys, one of the things I'd like us to do today is to kind of get a little more specific, right? I mean, the, the, the topic is how to avoid Satan's biggest traps. And I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices or his schemes, right? Methodius so, is the Greek word, I think, methods. Yeah. Satan has schemes. He has devices. He has methods through which he can make us fall, and we're not to give him a foothold. We're to be wise. We're to resist the devil, right? So he'll flee from us. And I think it's important for us to to examine how. So I want to I want to look at a few scriptures. I think that give us insight onto that, and just kind of talk about them. So the first one is Second Corinthians eleven three. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity. That is in Christ. Mm. And so I think this is one of the traps of Satan. And, and I'd love for you guys to, to, to touch on that. Simplicity. He, he lures us away from the simplicity that is in Christ. So, you know, it's interesting when you look at that text that you just said, the simplicity that is found in Christ, to, that they were deceived, Adam and Eve were deceived. But you consider what they were deceived in, mm. right? That they wanted to be like God, that there was a spiritual battle, that Adam and Eve wanted to be more spiritual hmm. and they strayed from the simplicity that God had placed them inside the garden. Uh -huh. So Satan will bring anything and everything to Oscar's point to try to trip us up, right? Scripture refers to him as the prince of the power of the air in John 12. He's an accuser in Revelation 12, 10, a tempter in Matthew 4, 3 and 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, a deceiver in Genesis chapter 3. And his very name means adversary or one who opposes Another of his titles is the devil, which means slanderer, that he doesn't necessarily show up at your house with a box full of drugs to try to tempt you this way. He's been studying man for six, 7,000 years, yeah. and he's able to know what is going to trip you up. So he may not show up with a briefcase full of drugs your way, but it might be just, hey, let me kind of trip up a little bit here or there. Let me take a second glance at that. Let me put my guard down and watch this or laugh at that joke. And everything becomes a slippery slope. Yeah. So the number one thing we can do is just run, 
run. We would, you would read the scripture, you know, we flee youthful lust, but we pursue righteousness, hope, love with others who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we run, we run towards the Lord. We run towards those things that are pure. We run towards scripture. We run out of a situation that is difficult, when, that is going to try us and trip us up. Yeah. Run, 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 run. Part of his wife. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking of that, what an example that was, huh, Ray, of mm-hmm. Joseph? I mean, imagine being in that situation. You're she the, handed him. Yeah. Just hand. He was good looking. That was the problem. That's Thank the you. problem that you and I have. <laughs> I. Are you pointing? I you look, who are you looking at? <laughs> um, does look, looked looked right himself. at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I love that. Ray, that the simplicity that's in Christ, doesn't it go back to the gospel? The simplicity that's found in the gospel. Yeah, we make, uh, it's a great gift some people have of making simple things complex. Yeah. When a good teacher makes complex things simple. And it really is simple that we're going to die. God's provided a savior so we might be forgiven and live forever. That's the gospel. Mm. And uh, that's what we need to take to this dying world. We must never forget that. And Satan wants to hinder that. Paul spoke of being hindered by Satan from coming to preach the gospel in Rome. Yeah. And he blinds the minds of those that believe not. But as we take that gospel, it God's gracious to open the understanding of those who are in darkness. Amen. Uh, you, Isn't you it neat to... how you can get a, something in by just going? <laughs> it's either that or this. Yes. <laughs> the spider down. Uh, you you quoted the power of the air, and uh, I I just love to dissect that phrase for people. And I think Charles Taylor, uh, the the Canadian philosopher. Every time I mention that, I say, well, forgive him for the fact that he was Canadian. <laughs> but then I realized that Canada is like our second biggest listener group. So we love you, Canada. Yeah. You Canadians. Canadian bacon's you. our favorite. And uh, uh, I do actually <laughs> love Canadian bacon, honestly. But they don't call it Canadian bacon in Canada. American it's bacon. Just bacon. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Why would they call it Canadian? And I that's love exactly the way right. the word Canada ends. <laughs> I love the way the word Canada ends in A. Hey. 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 I'm from hey. Canada. Hey. So... The powers of the air. One of the big powers of the air that Charles Taylor said that was going to end up happening is that we would move our worship. He, he used secular, the phrase secular, and he defined it in a way that I think is incredibly important. I said this maybe episode 20, but now we're episode 2000, so I think it's worth saying <laughs> it again. Often we think of secular as godless or without worship. That's what we think secular is. There's no religion. There's no worship. But Charles Taylor points out that we are created to worship. And so his point was that secular would not be, quote unquote, godless or worshipless. Rather, we would shift our worship and our loyalty to the one true God and look to diminished loyalties. Mm. And so a diminished loyalty, he argued, was it would go from nation and family to, and then it would get lower than that, to politics and sex. And I think that the powers of the age is exactly that. It lures us with our loyalties to, towards politics and sex or sexuality. Those are the principalities. Those are the powers of the age. And, and it's so easy for, for us as Christians to be like, oh, well, definitely, you know, those, those people over there, the left, the Democrats, whatever the case, but the powers of the age in, influence us all. And I think... Applying Charles Taylor is more about saying my temptation, Satan's temptation to me is to assume that any political position, 
is the answer that we need to fix the problems of our day. Mm. And when we begin to believe that, we begin to apply our loyalties, our loves, our emotions, our happiness, our hope, and however good our political opinions or the politicians that we believe in are doing. We think of them as the saviors, as the prophets of the orders of God. That is when our loyalties begin to shift away from God. And I think that is Satan luring us away from knowing that the only answer to the fallen world is found in the gospel. That the only nation that will last for all of eternity is the nation of God and his people. Mm. Satan's trap is to pull our loyalties and our loves away from him from God and apply it towards any other lower, yeah. lowercase g God. Yeah, absolutely. And that verse that Mark quoted from Ephesians 2 can't be divorced from what comes after it. He's the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Mm. And so <laughs> that prince of the power of the air is working, but he's working through those that don't know Christ. And I love that. Yeah, that simplicity is it. The gospel is the answer, but Satan comes in and he brings additions, mm-hmm. right? Add politics and and add sexuality and and add works, right? And add yeah. all these things, you know. But that but that's that simplicity that's in Jesus. I mean, when you got saved, Mark, that you were transformed in the face of that simplicity. Christ died and rose again for me. I'm free. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll take it a step further, though. Yeah, my my wife, Laura. Because I knew her as a non-Christian. I think you knew your wife as a non-Christian as well, right? I worked with Laura. We worked at a restaurant. I would walk inside the break room. There's no windows, but she'd be smoking cigarettes inside there. And I'd walk in there. I'd I'd grab a corner. She'd she'd wave her hand in the air (laughs) to try to dissipate the the cigarette smoke inside there because she felt this conviction. I'd be inside there. I'd be reading the Bible or I'd try to share with her. When she became a Christian... The text, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new, was so real to me at that point because I saw such a radical change inside of her life with things that you can't even mention on air. She's going from darkness to light. Mm. And it was the simple message of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in a moment, her eyes were open and she never looked back. So no good. moments of this so-called backslidden that people <laughs> experience. It was, I'll go anywhere as long as it's forward. I'm heading towards you, Lord. Grab a hold of me. Catch me. I'm going to jump. Wow. And she believed it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love it. And one of the greatest curses that she deals with is her husband. <laughs> 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 um, I love that, Mark. Okay. So here's, a, here's another one. This is from Acts 5.3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for mm. yourself? Now, that's technically what happened, right? But there's a reason in, in light of that, right? And Nice and Sapphira were doing what other believers were doing, and they were selling their, their properties and, and liquidating, and they were bringing the, the funds and giving them to the apostles, laying them at their feet, right? And we talked about how there, there was a special circumstance with economic devastation that was going on. But Satan filled their hearts to lie to the Holy Spirit because it was related to appearance, look like right. you are very spiritual and generous and giving. And so, Ray, isn't that one of Satan's schemes of, of appearance? Well, I've got a question for you regarding that. When we say, when they say, when Scripture says, Satan, why has Satan filled your heart? Does that mean Satan is omnipresent 
and he's working with people like millions of Christians around the world and tempting them. Um, is he like God? Or when it says Satan has filled you out, you've got a satanic nature that just pulled you into this. Why are you listening to that wicked demonic? I think, I, I think when we see things like this, now, again, Peter was an apostle. He had insight. Satan was no question. He himself, I think, as the entity, could have been very active among the, the church at that time and trying to wreak havoc. So it could have been that it was Satan himself, but I think a lot of times when we see Satan mentioned, it's representative right. of his domain and obviously his minions and his demons. He took a third of the angels with him. What's a minion? Because we got called minions by um, atheists. What does it mean? Just followers? Yeah, a bunch just, of minions. Just mean yeah, like little little underlings, you know, that that serve the the the, the um, big pleasure of another. Yeah. Well, let me offer a response as well, which is in the original language, there are times in which the scriptures use the Satan to refer to the Antichrist, the highest of you know the leaders in which that we would call the devil. Hmm. But oftentimes, when the New Testament uses the word Satan. It doesn't mean a particular person or fallen angel or demon. It's referring to a demon. It was what you called any demon that was at work in your life. It's a Satan, yeah. right? You would it, Almost like that. It's one of the Satans. It's a Satan that's at work in you. And so there are times where it's very specific as to who, and there are other times in which the word is used in a general way. You can almost translate it as a demon has been at work in you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so so Ray, that's a big thing, wouldn't you say? Falling into Satan's trap of appearance, of trying to look spiritual or to look uh, godly. In other words, what Scripture talks about, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Yeah, I, I thought of a book title this morning in writing to a friend of ours, a great book title to sum up human, human nature is, it's all about me. <laughs> and that really sums up all of us. You know, yeah. before we come to Christ, everything's about me, my happiness, my money, my car, my this, you make me happy. When we come to Christ, we give up the throne. The key to fighting Satan and resisting him is to just give up all your rights. And I like, I like and I've done it before, like cultivating your garden. If you don't want, don't want weeds in your garden, just plant stacks of flowers. Huh. So many flowers, there's no, rooms for, no room for weeds. So I've jotted down a few things. The weed of pride, mm. the flower of humility, wow. that'll get rid of it. Lust, the flower of purity, greed, the flower of generosity, anger, patience and mercy, jealousy, love and bitterness, love. So when you've got God's love within oh, your heart, I love that, it, it just pushes all those weeds out because of that flower. Ray, that you, seriously, you got a book there. You should, you should turn that into a book. That's a great outline right yeah. there. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Not that long, Oscar. <laughs> Oh, that's so true, Ray. You know, oftentimes we focus on the defensive posture, right? Resist Satan, which we're to do. But when we go on the offensive, right? It's not just about the negative of don't do or or just resistance, but man, go on the offensive and do righteousness, right? It's good. And, and let the fruit of love and the fruit of the Spirit flourish in your life. It's kind of like what Paul talked about in Galatians, right? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. And when we are just focused on the Lord, when we are people of prayer, when we're people of the Word, when we're people of outreach to others and service, it, it's like, man, we are on our guard. We're spiritually vibrant and alive, and, and we're more onto Satan's schemes. Vigilant. Yeah, vigilance good. Um, yeah. 
you know, earlier I talked about the fact that Satan uses our loyalties to pull us away from God. And you guys are making a great point, which is Satan also uses complacency mm. to pull I us away I don't care from about God. that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Oscar. Our complacency towards righteousness. You know, it's foolish for us to assume that we can that doing nothing leads to some sort of positive effect in our sanctification growth. Uh, I think, you know, I, I grew up surfing. And did I know you really? Did too. I didn't know I did, that. Yeah, we've talked about totally. it before. Totally. Yeah. remembering. Yeah. <laughs> but for anybody who's spent enough time in the ocean, you know how currents work. And if you're just sitting there on your, on your surfboard doing nothing, the current is going to take you somewhere. That's true. In order for you to be where you need to be to catch a good surf, you need to work against the current. You need to be active with your feet. You need to be active with your arms and your shoulders, paddling, putting yourself in the right place at the right time. As a Christian, there is a devilish current at play. Right. And our complacency will allow us to be swept out into oblivion. We have to be active in our pursuit of righteousness. D. You can throw Carson, sharks into the equation. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, the false preachers. <laughs> D.E. Carson, I know I sent you guys this text. This came up in, in my morning devotional the other day. He says it like this. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven div- effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness. Prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. Hmm. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we've been liberated. Wow. That's so good. Mm. So good. All right. Time's running out. I want to hit a couple more here. Mark, I'd like you to speak to this. This is Matthew 16, 23. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of men. Yeah, he wasn't saying that Peter was possessed by Satan. Right. Right. And while we're talking about that, right, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't say greater is he that is in me than he that is also in me, right? It's not possible for a Christian to be possessed. That's important to highlight. Very important, mm-hmm. right? A lot of deception there on that. And there's a difference between possession and oppression, yeah. right? We can be oppressed. We can be uh, attacked. The enemy has a bark, but he has no teeth. Right. And he's got a leash on him, and there's only so far that he can he can go. It's just the idea of not having Peter, not having the eyes of what he should have, eyes on the Lord and be about his father's business. He should have known that Jesus was on his way to the cross. Jesus had mentioned it several times. And there was a lot of things that Jesus talked about that's not mentioned inside scripture. Mm. (laughs) You know, so obviously he wasn't possessed. Uh, He was just influenced by his own desires, not listening intently. But think about it, the the, the thought that Jesus could be taken and crucified was unthinkable to them. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. certainly. Not so, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, exactly, Mark. Obviously, Jesus wasn't calling... Peter Satan, but I think that it was indicative of the satanic scheme again, right? Yeah, of course. And and a part of that is not being eternally minded, not being focused on the things of God, but on the things of man. And that's one of Satan's biggest traps is to get us to, to be consumed with the temporal mm. rather than the eternal. And hey, that influences our decisions. If I'm making decisions on the basis 
of the temporal, the now, how it affects me, how I feel, immediate outcome, man, I'm gonna make some foolish decisions. That's why when I talk to people who claim to know Christ, and maybe they do and they are genuine believers, but they're in a bad place spiritually. They haven't been seeking the Lord. They've been far from God. And they're about to make big decisions in life, like who they're going to marry, like where they're going to plant their lives, uh, sometimes away from God's community because of a job. I feel like screaming at the top of my lungs, do not be a fool. The most foolish thing you could ever do is make a decision when you're not eternally minded. Right. Because it's going to be a decision typically after the flesh. Yeah, I, I had a mentor tell me, you never want to make a decision while you're on a plateau or when you're down in a valley. Huh. You know, it's always good to pray about it. I remember I was uh, at a car dealership and I wanted to buy a, a vehicle. I was very young in the Lord. Hmm. I prayed about a price that I felt comfortable with. And this dealer ended up, a salesman, ended up going to get somebody else because we couldn't come to an agreement. And I guess this high-pressured salesman comes on in and he goes, all right, so uh, $230 a month and it's yours. You're out the door. And I go, well, no, $225. Uh, I prayed about it and I'm comfortable with that. And he goes- You told him that? Yeah. And he <laughs> said, uh, well, it's 230 And I said, well, I prayed and it's 225 <laughs> And he says, well, God didn't keep tax in mind when he gave you that price. <laughs> and I said, you just lost your deal. Wow. And he slaps the, uh, the table and he walked on out. Wow. I don't know why I told that story. <laughs> Thank so, you, Mark. Who, who, what's the motive? I mean, what's the, what's, the, what's the lesson that you don't tell someone that God told me this? No, or? I have no idea why. <laughs> Mark has no I'm idea. I'm 50 years old. Yeah. I'm 50 years old. Um, <laughs> look. <laughs> what a great excuse. Yeah. Where does uh, that leave me? But suppose? yeah, you know, the whole, the whole point in that is, yeah, let's be eternally minded. Now, I want to I hit on one more. This is completely going to sound like, whoa, this is sort of left field, but it, but it deals with Satan. And I'm going to speak in code because I know that there's some of the more mature who may have some of the less mature there, and, and you, you'll understand what I'm saying. But, but this I don't is, understand yeah, what you're saying. Well, you don't understand most of what I say. But this is, this is extremely, extremely important. And again, like I said, Satan dabbles in this area. But this is, this is 1 Corinthians 7, 5, and this is speaking to couples. Do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. That's not left field, that's wonderful. Yeah, but I'm saying in light of like, whoa, that, how do we get there from all this? But friends, let me just say for those of you that are, that are married couples, and we know obviously immorality is one of the biggest sins that, that is plaguing mankind. This is so important. Listen, this is God's design. This is God's gift. And this is something that couples are to not deprive themselves of because Satan dabbles in this area because right. of our lack of self-control. Right. And so often couples you know, don't want to talk about this. There's tension, there's strain. I know some of you listening right now, you're like, whoa, why did you have to go there? Man, this was going so well up until now. Because it's a sore spot, and, and I've, I've counseled countless couples, and this is one of the biggest points of tension in their marriage. But you have to connect the dots, because in connection to many couples are their children, and in connection to those children are future generations. And from there, there is a world that we're called to impact and influence. So this is spiritual, and we're to not deprive one another so that Satan doesn't tempt us because of our lack of self-control. Right. Think of the destruction that, that has been 
wreaked all across the planet because of couples that, that, have, that have been separated because of unfaithfulness and, uh, and what's resulted from that. So yeah. I hope you consider that, friends. Well put, Easy. Make lots of kids. <laughs> there you have it. And hey, don't forget, listen, your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's First Peter 5, 8. But I love the word may in there, Easy. Yeah. Easy. That's a word of permission, may. Yeah. And so we have to remember, we need to resist him firm in our faith. We need to submit ourselves to Christ. We need to not be ignorant of his schemes. And uh, we need to take our refuge in Jesus, who what uh, defeated the devil in his works. Amen. And so there you have it. All right, friends, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget the uh, Light of the World pen and uh, the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. We'll sue you here we, next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll sue you here next time. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.